to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts, myself, Josh Hartley, and uh, Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? I'm doing good. And we are joined uh, for this episode uh, by Mark McKinnon. Mark is a games designer, uh, notably of... Re- of oh, American a- Ruin fame. Oh, yeah, you, you beat me yeah. to the punch there. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, Mark's going to chat with us uh, a bit about Wreck and Ruin and your experience of uh, launching that on Kickstarter and get, you know, getting that game published. Yeah, uh, definitely. So we'll uh, chat about that. We, we're also going to do our usual sort of roundup on what gaming we've been doing, but we've got a, a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of housekeeping, a little bit of new business. We have our new Patreon yes. up and running and... If you uh, decide to be generous and uh, become a Patreon, you get a shout-out on the show. So we have our first shout-outs. Okay, so we have Derek Gill, who is our very first patron. So Yeah, a, a gra- groundbreaking God bless you there. and all who sail in you, Derek. Well done, Derek. Yeah. We also have um, someone called We're Not Wizards. I don't think I've heard of that guy. No, no. <laughs> pa- apparently, they're fairly well known in the Scottish scene, but uh, they, they 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 say the most listened to podcast. Yeah, uh, re- tabletop gaming related podcast from well, Scotland. If yeah. you listen to the hype, then there technically isn't any more out there. He has looked. He can't. He can't find it anymore. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it so? Yeah, the the lonely we're not wizards. But thank yes, yeah. thank you very much. We're not wizards. In all sincerity, thank you. Yes, and uh, also the giant brain has uh, has decided that um, we're worth uh, throwing money at. It's so. good good to have the backing of a giant brain. Um, it's good it's to have entity. a giant brain. We're, clear, we're yeah. clearly an invel- uh, an intelligent investment. Yeah. So that is Mister Ian McAllister, and yes, he does have a giant brain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> aptly named then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you you were wanting to discuss a tweet. Yeah, that so you put out. So I, I mean, you were saying that Ian's a very intelligent guy. He he made quite a, an intelligent observation on Twitter this week, and um, he put forward that this theory that it takes two years for the culture of a given moment to strongly influence board games. And he cites the number of dinosaur games that are now on the market as, as evidence of that. Just um, due to Jurassic World being out yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, yeah. Um, and then he says Mad Max Fury Road influences all the post-apocalyptic games that you're now seeing pop up. Is that, I don't know if there's any yeah, idea. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> well, yeah. you, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But, so I, I was thinking about this and, and I was thinking, like, what about the the zeitgeist of of now, so I I had a couple of ideas for for board games. I'm not a board game designer, so designers out there, you officially have my blessing to use these ideas. Mark, if you think you can run with any of these, yeah. you go for it. Yeah, I've, I've already started taking notes. Yeah, just like <laughs> just make sure you like you know give me like make yeah, right. like make me a a character in it or something. <laughs> right, so the the first one. Is 2016 the game? Because <laughs> 2016 was a disaster. Yeah, so like I, I imagine this like kind of like pandemic, but instead of like stopping the spread of a deadly disease, you're trying to prevent celebrity deaths. So I, I actually have like a sort of I've got the intro down right, right. So yeah, the year is 2016. Yeah, David Bowie 
is dead. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. That's like the tone set. And that's the oh. But, but, what, but what I was thinking was like you could have wildcard things. So, you know, like a, a popular mechanic in, in games is that if you can't get rid of a certain currency by the end of it, you actually get negative points. Yeah. So I was thinking like if you accidentally save like Jim Davidson or Piers Morgan. <laughs> Like, anyone who's yeah. ever been on a reality TV yeah. show? Yeah. 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 Anyone affiliated with the Daily Mail? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like you, so you would have people like David Bowie or Alan Rickman that you're trying to save, but you're trying to throw Jim yeah. Davidson under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> kill, kill off the, the cast yeah. of Made in Chelsea in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. Swoop. yeah. Stuff like that. We loaded them all onto a bus, guys. Come on, <laughs> this is our best chance. Yeah. So, so you get this balancing act of like people trying to save the people they love, but trying to destroy the people they despise. Well, I was because I was going to suggest a hidden traitor mechanic, whereas it's like a co-op game, but one person is secretly actually trying to kill off all the celebrities. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, you're trying to figure out. Or who... one one person is secretly Jim Davidson, <laughs> <laughs> but in like one of those rubber celebrity masks. Well, like from Bo Selector. So sorry, Mark. You I was were just going to say that maybe he's actually stolen Bowie's face and he's run about as. <laughs> that is true horror. Yeah. There we go. He comes back as Bowie reincarnated. Um, my my other thought is uh, is Donald Trump uh, like the sort of boss monster. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's yeah. obvious. Obvious. He thing, is the spirit but... of 2016, after all. Can we can we like mix that with exploding kittens? Like, because that kind of represents his hairpiece as well. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I mean, this is quality stuff here. So, uh, as, as, as you, goal, you, you yeah. need to get on that. Twenty sixteen, the board game. If you don't do it, someone else is going to. Actually, no. Let's make it multi-genre. Let's make it a board game, trading card game, pen and paper RPG. And I'm forgetting one. Miniatures game as well. Have some cool miniatures thrown in that are like a grotesque giant Donald Trump as like the boss. (laughs) With swappable hair pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Waves. Yeah. (laughs) Getting darker. Yeah. 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 So so the other idea I had uh, was Brexit battle. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this one would be like a dice rolling game. And it's each of you plays a career politician, like staking your job on are we, sort of winner takes all. So are, type. We, are we basing the like? Are, are we just naming the the politicians? Yeah. Like, so we, like, do we get to create a character? No, you no. It would be like um, you you would get your character sheet, and it's like you're Boris Johnson, and you're David Cameron. Yeah. Um, that, See, I like the idea of some kind of event card, but it's called like Mayday. Like, we are, we are sinking here, yeah. you know. And there's Theresa May on the card. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone loses, I die. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's actually kind of made me think of, like, uh, doing an RPG where you all play uh, politicians in the Houses of Parliament. It's not... Com- combat isn't physical combat. It's actually, like, you're rolling yeah. for debating. We're actually getting into a serious idea here. It would probably work out terribly, but... yeah. I listened to a podcast recently with Blake Leafy of Getting Geeky with Gamer Leaf, and he interviewed these guys who were making a political game, uh-huh. and it was political satire. And what happened was, you were a spin doctor, and you had to turn stories like these ridiculous stories into positive news. Uh-huh. You got to be Malcolm Tucker. 
they had to cut a lot of the cars because basically everything Trump did was one of their ridiculously out there cards. <laughs> they, like, they, they had to strip them all back and say, we can't use these. Okay, okay, we're, they've we're, actually happened. Uh, okay, okay, we've, we, we, we've had to cut the card where he makes fun of the, of the disabled journalist. <laughs> yeah. But he can't possibly do something worse. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. And then he trumped it. Yeah. Yep. Way. Yep. a pun. Everyone a gem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Brexit battle and 2016 coming to uh, Kickstarter or local uh, gaming store shelf. So 2018. 2018. Yeah. There we go. 2018, but it's 2016. The game. So don't don't, <laughs> yeah. don't get confused. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Right. How how could I possibly get confused? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what what have we got? What have we all been up to uh, recently, gaming wise? Well, well, we never got a chance to talk about it last time, but I won a thing. You did win a thing. I won a thing. It did, we got with photos. Stuff. You won a thing with stuff. I did, yeah. With a thing with stuff that he made. At a place. At a place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it was fun. Yeah. Um, so this is, of course, Armies on Parade. Now, you, you've spoken previously about you know your work in progress yeah. on this. Guys, check out the photos that we've put up of it. Um, I'm biased because I'm your mate, but uh, yeah. it, it was it was fantastic. And uh, which category did you win in? I, I won Best Scenery. So they... For anyone that doesn't know, traditionally armies on parade was everyone turns up with their army, um, people that are in the shop get to cast a vote on what they like best, and it used to just be gold, silver, bronze, Mm -hmm. but now they've introduced um, five categories, Mm -hmm. so you've got best scenery, you've got first army, which I think is like the first army that you've done. Yeah, Yeah. so it, it, it lets people that are brand new to the the hobby, um, I still have a shot. Yeah, chance, yeah. Um, uh, you also had uh, best painted, which is what it says in the tin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have best themed force, and a fifth one. Monsters and machines. It was yes, that's so, it. So that was like if you decide to go all out on, uh, you know, a forty k rhino or a big monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've got a chance of, of getting nominated right, cool. for that. So it does mean that rather than trying to be the best at everything, you can decide to focus on a facet yeah. of of that. And you, what you'd done it was you, you built uh, your terrain uh, to be like a, this dwarven mine. Yeah. Uh, it was really impressive. You've shown your, your, your vocation with having a, a little flickering light yeah. at the back of it. Yeah. Ben's an electrician, by the way. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I, the, so I, I mean, uh, yeah. J- sorry, do you want to tell us what uh, the the sort of uh, base of the scenery was, or is that is that like no, uh, I, is, I, is that I, a I, magician I revealing his creature? Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind telling it. Um, I was actually up the up the loft in my parents' house like a few months before the competition, and I, I'd sketched out a bunch of ideas of what I was going to do. And then, uh, when I was in the loft, I came across my old Playmobil Pirate Island. All right. <laughs> and I, w- I was slightly saddened that it had been sitting up there unloved, and I thought, do you know what? Just gathering dust. You're going to get a new lease of life, my friend. Yeah. Come with me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, won a thing with my old 
Playmobil Pirate. I actually, because uh, I, I, I saw this as a work in progress as well, and the first thing I said was, I had that as a kid! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks... Uh, I don't know if we're... Are we going to put... Should we put up a photo of the original, like... Did you take... Did you take photos? Yeah, yeah, did I you do, take, like... Um, yeah, so what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll put a, a link to... Um, a few different images so that people can see it um, mm. along its development, but uh, yeah, I was I was pretty happy. I, I came away with a a little armies on parade pin, like a little brass pin, and it's sitting proudly in my display cabinet. They're right. The yeah. extent to my terrain skills are covering a base in glue and then dipping it in a tub of sand. That's about as complicated. That as was job. that. That was the Josh <laughs> Hartley method right there. Job, job done though, right. isn't it? All right. So yes, congratulations yes. again on winning uh, your category in armies on parade. It was a really high standard. Everyone, um, everyone who showed up to the Glasgow store. Uh, Put in a lot of effort, and the the other winners in the categories had fantastic armies. I, as I well. think it was also the biggest um, armies on parade the Glasgow store have had. Well, I think they so. said it was something like thirty five entries. So, um, and as you say, it was all of a very high standard. A lot of folks painting a lot of models. There, I, so. I, I was pretty nervous waiting for the results. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely wasn't pants. sure if I was uh, if I was going to take anything home at one point, but. Yeah. I mean, well, I you take I, your terrain home up. The, uh, at least I hope. Yeah. I was just going to say, do, do you not I'm remember done. Get Your Own Back, where uh, the kid had to, uh, uh, put, <laughs> yeah, they had to put up like one of their prized possessions, and if they and if they lost, well, Teddy's going in the furnace now. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so, they would never do that on kids' TV now. No, 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 of course, no. no. I love that show. That was great. Whatever happened to Dave Benson? We should films? do a gaming version of Get Your Own Back. There we are. Like we're someone like has Room One Hundred One kind of like. We've actually uh, talked about doing that before. Yeah, <laughs> we actually yeah. no joke. We actually have. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, we'll watch this space, guys. We'll get your get your gaming back like, <laughs> for for that pesky rules lawyer or someone who tries to nutmeg spells between a character's legs. I'm talking to you, Colin. <laughs> yeah, so you're probably going to be on the first one, Colin. <laughs> you, that, fair warning. I'm not going to lie, I don't even know you, but I've, I've heard this story. I, I do not approve. <laughs> it, it sounds good, all kinds of wrong. Good, <laughs> good. Like, there's a lot of people that don't know Colin, but know this story. He's <laughs> fast gaining a reputation. Yeah. yeah. Colin um, of the the cannon through the Colin legs. Colin the cannon. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. We, we have we have we have said this story on the podcast, haven't we? Yeah. I think I mean, so. in, in summary, if you haven't heard this, Colin, our friend, we played uh, when we were playing eighth edition Warhammer, was uh, trying to argue that he could shoot a cannon through one of his own horse's legs. Yeah. Like so not make the, the, the shot. The, the, re- the reason that he argued this is because um like most Warhammer games, it uses true line of sight. So it's if you can see it, you can shoot it. But there's a degree of common sense yeah, applied yeah. to that. And it's like, no, no you, you can't shoot through a horse's legs. <laughs> yeah. At least take a horse out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe hit the horse with the cannonball and then use that to, yeah. to damage the That's target. the four. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a draw, sketch a little fallen horse template and then yeah. plonk that onto yeah. the unit. Yeah. Just scatter it from the earth. Uh. 
So uh, yes, yeah, so, that, so that's what you've been up to with armies on parade. Mark, what 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 games have you been playing lately? Uh, it's pretty much just Kingdom Death Monster that's all well, about. I, I, I was actually going to say when when we were talking to you at Glasgow Games Festival, you told us quite an interesting testicle related anecdote. <laughs> would, would Would you like to share with the group, Mark? First of all, I'd like to share. It wasn't my own testicles, in case anyone was asking. I just thought we had to clarify that. Before we continue, I want to ask, are there any testicle-related anecdotes that I'm not interested in? <laughs> I can't think of any. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what happens in Kingdom Death is that each monster has a hit location deck. So when you hit it, you draw the card, and that tells you where you've stabbed it, and then you need to roll to wound it to see what yeah. happens. So... The game starts, you start off with a founding stone, which is a little stone dagger, and you can stab away all you want with it, or you can discard it to throw it mm-hmm. at the enemy, and what will happen is it hits automatically, and it automatically criticals. So each card has a critical effect. So the boy throws the dagger, flips the card over, right in the top of the card it says, Lion Testes. <laughs> nice. Right, so the the critical condition of that is that it cuts the testes off. So, of course it does. So this guy from five squares away throws this dagger with with such finesse that he manages to kind of like shoot castrate, through the horse's yeah. legs. Yeah. He manages yeah. to castrate. So there you are, the Colin. That sounds like your sort of game. <laughs> it the only, so what happens is, yeah, you actually get. It says, you know. You remove the lion's testes. Now draw the lion testes resource card. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not laugh at this? So you actually got this card in your hand. And you, you, you have the lion's testes. <laughs> you, you have, in your yeah, hand. yeah. So they're basically a resource that you could use to make things. Could you use them to like bribe the lion? <laughs> so what happens you put is put on a mantelpiece. And just... <laughs> so you gain the card, but then what happens is. The lion is a little bit annoyed, yeah. shall we say. <laughs> and yeah. so basically what happens is every attack, it will ignore everyone else until it kills you or it dies itself. Because yeah. it's a little bit annoyed. It wants its testes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missy's white lion is not going to be happy when he gets home. <laughs> doesn't matter if he's bringing back dinner or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Where are your testes, Mr. Lion? <laughs> Look, it's been a long day. It's Get back a, out there and been, pick them up. No, I'm done now. But the hit location deck has got to be at least 40, 50 cards or something like that. Yeah. And we we had seen the card the round before and we did actually manage to cut them off with the first, kind of the first time we took the line on, but... The fact that we drew that out when he the one and only time that he threw the dagger, and basically <laughs> removed the smallest part of, of this <laughs> giant model, <laughs> it's like that was that was one hell of a skill shot. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, it makes me want to play Kingdom Death now. I think it should. I think rather than all this kind of deep dark kind of advertising, they they should do is just say Kingdom Death. We have lion testes. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to castrate a lion? <laughs> yeah. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing is with this story, like I know exactly how I would have reacted if I was your your mate. He'd, he'd done that. I, I, I would have just been like, "Yep, 
just as planned. <laughs> yeah, so we're not allowed to go to Blair Drummond for any kind of days <laughs> out. But, <laughs> yeah. but apart from that... You're on yeah. the ban list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I, I mean, uh, uh, cutting off Lion's testicles aside, how are you enjoying Kingdom Death then? It's absolutely amazing. You know, that it's one of these games that when I got back into board gaming, I came across it and I was like, this looks like the kind of game I'd want to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just the price barrier at the time. It was, I was looking on eBay, they were going for five, six hundred pounds. So I was like, I'll check out their website, four hundred dollars. You still had to ship it from Australia. Yeah. And I was like, I need to find someone else that's got this game. But luckily it came back on Kickstarter, so just the whole thing. It's basically, I would say it's the kind of closest thing you could get to an RPG in a board game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do the fight, you collect the resources, you then go back to the, you go back to your settlement and then you advance your settlement as well. So you build, you build new shops, you know, you build new gear with the resources that you've got. And then as you advance, so... You get hunt XP. You get the the land. The it's measured in lantern years. So each time you come back to settlement, you advance lantern year. Mm-hmm. And certain certain boxes trigger events within the story as well. So, like after your second hunt, you you get your first age event, uh-huh. which allows you to start specialising in a in a weapon skill. And then you know as you use that weapon, you get better with it, and then you unlock more stuff. So. Yeah, basically, if you like RPGs, if you like something that's got the combat, a bit of the resource management, a bit of the kind of town building, it's got, it's got everything. Really? And it's is also it some of the most amazing models as well. It has to be. Oh said. yeah, I mean they command a high price, but when you look at them, you can you can see why. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do get what you're paying for. I think they're on sprues, but they still don't really have any kind of mold lines as such. Mm. So yeah. Apart from maybe a little bit of green stuff to fill in some of the, the joints, you know, you don't really have to clean it very much. Yeah. So yeah. The only cleaning I've done is the known mess that I've made. Yeah. <laughs> Try to fix it. So. <laughs> uh, no, it sounds good. I mean, like having ha- not having played the game itself, just going off how you've been describing it, what I've read, with talks on the podcast in the past about RPG lights. You know things like betrayal at the house on the hill. Uh, which is sort of like a stepping stone. This sounds like that next level. Yeah, uh, along that sort, those sort of lines. This is kind of Dark Souls before Dark Souls became a board game. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how I would yeah. describe yeah. it. Even the art style, I think, was very evocative of of Dark Souls. Yeah, that sort of nightmarish aesthetic, like gothic horror yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, so yeah. there is actually a you have a settlement sheet which records all the stuff you have. So you know, everything that happens goes on a sheet. And there is actually a section, fortunately we've not went into it yet, but there is a space for lost settlements. So later on in the campaign, there must be a way where the actual town can be wiped out. That's amazing. And, and it's a ghost town later on in the game. I have no idea. Just yeah. There's about 20 boxes just left for mm. losing settlements. So, yeah, it's like the fact that you can just get wiped out in a game and then have to start from scratch again is I mean lion testes aside that that sounds like some 
pretty interesting gameplay. And we've only fought two of the enemies so far, and they played differently as well, which yeah. was nice because you've got your AI deck, which is the moves that they do, but also doubles up as their health. Mm-hmm. So first one's the white line. He's all about attacking, and even even if he can't directly attack somebody, he always moves in to fight. Whereas the next one was a screaming antelope, which prances about, and so the, the screaming antelope. The screaming antelope. That sounds demented. <laughs> he, f- I hear he was the singer in the death metal band. <laughs> so the, the fluff on the screaming antelope is that he was bred for to be the goblin, the goblin rider's mount. Okay. Uh, but he took one look at the the goblin rider. And he went a bit cuckoo and basically ran away and started chewing on the stone noses that were lying on the ground. So Right. Okay. He's a bit kinda of mental, but Yeah. If you if you imagine slightly unhinged. Yes. But if you imagine a giant horse sized goat mm-hmm. with instead of a stomach, it has a giant mouth oh. down the length oh. of his body. So it can actually like it kind of Swallows you. It's a bit like the the, the Tauntaun in Star Wars, but uh, yeah, but in reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's intentional. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing that dies is what goes inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was nice. Like the tactics for the white line was, it's got a blind spot on its back, so if you sneak up behind it, it's easier to wound it, and it's also because it's in the blind spot, it never targets you. So we thought, right, screaming antelope, run up the back, stabby stabby, killy killy. First car it was drawn, and it attacks the people in its blind spot, so it just basically does like a donkey back kick. That sounds quite similar to the um, the boss decks in Dark Souls, where they have yeah. their attack pattern. Is, is that how that works, basically? It's like that, except for you can't learn the pattern. Oh, it's randomised every time. So what happens is each deck... As you play the card, it comes out, but then the hit location, well, when the cards are, are played, they come out, and then what happens is once you've exhausted the pile, you shuffle them and mm-hmm. they go back in. Mm-hmm. But what happens is there's more cards than you're going to need. So, like, depending on the level of monster, like level one, it will say you use eight advanced, um, ten basic cards. So you maybe have a choice of 20 basic cards so you mm. never actually know the exact combination until you've actually burnt through them all so there may be one really horrible card that's just luckily it's not involved in that fight mm-hmm. and then there's other times where you've got them all in there and you're just like yeah oh, <laughs> yeah just can't catch a break uh-huh. I mean yeah that sounds like something we should probably have a look at, at I, I know I think I think the trouble is now uh, getting a hold of a copy I'm but... looking for an excuse to play it there we, go. there we are, sorted, so. sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, we we well, we played Shadespire quite a bit. I was just going to talk week. about Shadespire. I think this this is um, this is be- fast becoming my new addiction to Scratch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
for those who haven't seen Shade Spies, the new game out by Games Workshop, uh, set in the Age of Sigmar universe, mm-hmm. uh, you have it. Well, it's an arena-based combat game yeah. uh, where you each control a warband, uh, and you're trying to score uh, points by scoring objectives, either by you know killing members of the other warband or by fulfilling these objective cards. I'm loving it so yeah. far. Um, I've only played with the corn. So you get two warbands in the starter box: the um, Stormcast and the corn berserkers. Yep. Uh, I've only played with the corn berserkers because I'll die. Have that much fun playing blood, with blood them. for the blood god. Absolutely. Uh, well, the <laughs> so the way that. You, you base what you have is you actually have two decks of cards while you're playing this game. One's your objective deck, so you have three of those drawn at any time, uh, and you fulfil the objective on the card. You score a certain number of glory points. Uh, your other deck is uh, a deck of sort of uh, power ups and um, sneaky, treacherous okay. things you can do to swing things more in your favour. Uh, the way that the corn uh, warbands decks have been built, because we have customized them a little yeah. bit from the sort of standard build, uh, it's go all in, beat up, get most of your guys killed, but have one guy left standing, and there's actually one objective card that gives you a load of points <laughs> for having just one guy left on yeah. the battlefield. And it's it, that one gives you like six points, so it means that even if you've been walloped, if you get that card, to be honest, I can actually see that card uh, going on a ban list at tournaments. I don't know. Uh, it it can be tricky to pull off, but I've actually managed to do it quite a few times. Yeah, and it is that way where you it does. I think at times feel a bit of an auto win because it gives you so much. Yeah. And it's like you could have absolutely pummeled that player mm. and then they just drop that one on you. So, so what's the point target? Was it like ten or No, it's it's not a target. It is just, just more than another. You just so yeah. you get you get a, they, they call them glory points. You get a glory point when you take a, a play a character out and you score um a different amount of points depending on uh, what the criteria on your objective so for example you'll have objective markers on the uh, arena itself and if you choose to have these cards in your objective deck it'll say something like hold objective one so all you need to do is make sure that by the end of the turn one of your guys is sat on objective one you score that and you get one point for that because that's relatively easy now there's another card which asks you hold any three objectives and you get an additional three points for that because that's a bit trickier uh, obviously, the criteria for that one, which we're talking about, which is make sure that precisely one of your guys is still living. Well, considering no more, yeah, no less. That's not exactly within your control. So exactly to uh, an extent, because the thing is that corn have some of the best movement in the game. So, so it does mean when move, you're getting walloped, you pull that guy back. Right. So. I, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously I'm biased because I've had it used on me twice. <laughs> but I, I, I can see it maybe... But that to be fair, that's the only thing so far that a bit that has felt remotely unbalanced. And even then, I'm still a bit unsure. Yeah, I, I mean, you've you've played with a couple of the warbands, so you've got the Stormcast that come out of the box. But yep. you're, you're I've, loving... I've, I have used the Corn Warband yeah. as well. Um, but my favourite is uh, Iron Skulls Boys, which is the Orcs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
they, they're just great. Like, what, one of their carbs is called having a good time. And it's... Uh, yeah, I, just so, think, I just get queen in yeah. my head whenever I... Whenever <laughs> you play that kind of all Don't these orbs stuff. sort of like, yeah. But, so the way the way the corn works... Not the corn. The way that the iron skulls uh, work is that they... They're, they're all pretty beefy. Like, each of them's got four or five wounds. And there's four of them. So pretty decent warband. Yeah, the movement's not too great. But they, they've got a lot of cards that can really um, knock the, the other player off balance. Like they they can all of a sudden pull these really weird moves out mm. of nowhere. And they get a lot of things that let them attack out of you, sequence as well. You did, you did this one move uh, where you, you you open up for the turn. Your guy, One of your guys with this huge double-handed axe runs in, smacks one of my guys and nearly kills him. And then you play this card that lets him run away, so I can't hit you back. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. But the, I mean, that that's just one example. But all of the war bands have tricks and things that they can yeah. play, and they, so they all feel different. They they all feel yes. different. Like the Stormcast, there's three of them, which you you might think be quite a disadvantage, but they are super defensive. Yeah, and you do have cards where it's like um, put a Stormcast on guard. And then put the stormcast adjacent to Mongard. So in one move, you can put all uh, three guys on guard, and then they're rolling like two defense dice. So it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, other things to know that it uh, like as we've come to expect from Games Workshop, the uh, the miniatures are just great. And what they've done, like a, a small little thing that they've done, and they did it for Blood Bowl last year. But each uh, warband is done in a different coloured plastic. So you, even if you're not into painting, uh, the painting yeah. side of things, they still look good. Uh, and they're continuing that with the uh, expansions as well, which are like each the new warbands. So you know, the orcs come in like a green plastic. Mm. The uh, there's an undead warband that are like this sort of creamy bone coloured as well. Uh, I don't, have we seen the miniatures for the Dwarf and Skaven? We've seen the Skaven, I think. Um, they did a reveal of them on the Warhammer community website, mm-hmm. but we have not seen the Fire Slayers yet. Yeah. Um, the Skaven, I think, coming out in the new year, and then the, mm-hmm. the Fire Slayers should follow not long after that. But... Um, it's it, for me. It's been uh, easily the my favourite thing to come out of Games Workshop in a long time. Uh, unusual because it's quite short compared to their other games. Yeah, you, you can, can you can play it in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, and uh, it just it it really makes you think. It's like there is quite a for such what is on the surface quite a simple game. There's quite a lot of tactical depth to yeah. it, uh, in not just in what you do in the game itself, but in how you construct your the meta game. your two decks yeah. as well. Um, the, I mean, for example, one they had one of the first big competitions lately, and I think the Undead Warband yeah, came did. out on top, which is unusual because on paper they look rubbish. Yeah, they're but it's obviously but they reanimate, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And it's just how this guy has built his warband. The, the the decks for his warband has given him an advantage. Right, Well, and with that, I think we'll uh, call it a little break here. So come back uh, for part two, where we're going to chat to Mark more about uh, Wreck and Ruin, that he's working on, uh, your experience with Kickstarter, and, uh, you know, 
how you got into game design. Yeah, cool. All right. Sounds like a plan. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys, and we'll catch you soon.